it's just something crazy like that. And I am nose to nose with this monkey just screaming in his face, trying to get him to let go. And I'm like, ah, and he's just biting down going, Hello and welcome everybody to the Jet Life Podcast. Today we are interviewing Luke Andrews. He is a real estate agent, a leader, an investor, a best-selling author, speaker, and a sales and negotiation coach, helping people overcome their fear of confrontation so that they can communicate more effectively. Luke, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Tom, I am so pumped to be here, man. This is this is awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast because this is kind of like a series of interviews I'm doing with social media influencers, uh, network people that I come in contact with that, you know, maybe have been thinking about buying a private jet, but they're not quite there yet. It's an opportunity for us to talk about questions that you might have about buying a private jet, how it's going to impact your business, just to kind of pull back the curtain. Because I know a lot of people are interested in private aviation, but they don't always have an opportunity to speak with a broker directly or speak with someone who knows the industry directly. And so I'm hoping to answer your questions and in turn, answer some of our audiences. So again, thanks for thanks for being open to this interview. No, it's fa fantastic. Can't, can't wait to dive into it. Well, let's dive into it. Um, I would love to hear of any stories that you might have regarding your experience with commercial aviation right now. So my girlfriend, now now wife, girlfriend at the time, um, her dad was working for an American company in Colombia, um, and they her parents were living down there. And so for three straight years, I spent two weeks every Christmas and two weeks every summer in uh, Cartagena, and then just kind of moved around to you know Medellin, Barranquilla, Santa Marta, some places like that. Um, but it was the first or the second time that, that I had gone. So my wife was actually able to fly private. Um, so the, ah. the company she was with uh, flew a private jet a couple of times a week back and forth from Birmingham down to Columbia. And we went to college about three hours north of Birmingham. And so as long as there was room on the jet, she could fly down there for free and basically just go to the beach for the weekend. Um, I could not fly on the jet because we, we weren't married at the time. So I flew commercial every time I went. And it was first or second time I went, I'm coming back from Cartagena into Miami, waiting in the customs line. I've got a very tight connection and this line is, is long. I mean, as, as you can imagine, the, the customs lines are no joke. And um, so I'm, I'm waiting, I'm staring at my watch and this guy in a suit comes and stands next to me and he's like, uh, it's a long line, isn't it? And I said, yeah, man, it, it is. I got a tight connection. And he said, well, you don't need to wait in that line. Why don't you, why don't you come with me? And I glanced at him. I was like, yeah, no, I don't, I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I can wait. And then his buddy, partner, whatever, comes and stands on the other side of me, opens up his jacket and flashes a badge. And he's like, no, really, come with us. And I was like, <laughs> uh -oh. here we go. Um, it, and so they, they bring me back into this back room and the whole time I am, I am just deathly terrified. I mean, I, I hadn't flown a whole well, lot sure. to that point. Definitely. This is my first international flights and I'm by myself. I'm young. And while I was down in Colombia, I got bit by a monkey. Um, oh my, you know, my own stupid <laughs> fault. Like I see these monkeys and like, I've wanted to own a monkey since I was four years old. And so it was like, I see a monkey. It looks nice. I'm going to put my finger out there dumbest thing I've ever done, right? <laughs> um, like I'm, I'm looking at this monkey and he's like staring at my finger and he's like, oh, it's cute. And he, this thing bites down on my finger. <laughs> and it's this little tiny capuchin 
but they are strong as can be. And oh, I'm wow. yanking my finger. Can't Is get that like the, the plot line to, uh, to Outbreak or something? Like- yeah. <laughs> it's just something crazy like that. And I am nose to nose with this monkey just screaming in his face, trying to get him to let go. And I'm like, ah! And he's just biting down going, <laughs> No joke. I had to poke this monkey in the eye to get him to let go. <laughs> So I get bit by a monkey and, you know, they got me all stitched up, gave me some shots, whatever it is that, that they do. But you're they supposed to report that stuff when you're traveling, right? You got to like That's fill right. it out. Did it's... you get bit by a monkey? Yeah. Well, yeah, they didn't ask that question specifically. I think <laughs> smarter than that. But, you know, so I'm filling out the customs form on the flight and it's like, hey, have you been to any farms, contact with animals? And I'm like, nope, no time for that. So I'm waiting in line and I'm just, I'm convinced that they've gotten some kind of doctor records and they're like, you lied on this form. I think I'm going to prison for the rest of my life. Well, they essentially, they, they bring me back into the back room and I'm like, and I realize that they're, they're asking me all kinds of questions. Like, what were you doing in Columbia? And they think that it's drug related. Um, So I ended up missing my flight, had to spend a night in Miami, which I mean, I guess as a, you know, 18, 19 year old, there are probably worse things to have happen, you know, get a free hotel room in Miami for the night. But, um, you know, it was just one of those nightmares of flying commercial. I appreciate you checking out this video. Before I continue, I want you to go to theultimatejetguide.com where I've put together a full guide for jet buyers like yourself. And that's, I know that's one of the realities of commercial aviation. There's so many things out of your control and not only out of your control, but also out of the control that are people of, of the people that are impacting your experience, the gate agent, the ticketing agent, the security, like they can only do so much. And so there's not only is it out of your control, but it's like two, three, four levels beyond your control that it's just, it's, it's a, a huge nightmare, but I appreciate you sharing that story. Um, you know, not everybody gets bit by a monkey and then gets pulled out of line uh, in commercial. But sometimes it's just death by a thousand paper cuts as well. So um, that's 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 certainly one of the benefits we have flying private. So what, let me ask you, like, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Luke. What do you do and why, you know, do you want to be uh, flying private someday? Where would that, you know, kind of impact what you're doing on a day to day, you know, from a business perspective? Sure. Um, so as you mentioned in the intro, I've I've got a couple of real estate businesses. So I do help people buy and sell, um, but my, my primary real estate space, I've got a, a team of agents that, you know, recruiting, leading, mentoring, training, trying to help, you know, get them to be able to, to produce more. And by working with them directly, um, you know, we've been able to, to do some A-B testing, some trial and error, and figure out some things that really work for them that, you know, kind of transcend a, a situation. And what I decided to do a couple of years ago was basically take that and turn those into courses to be able to go out and essentially scale impact, be able to to help more people around. And that has led into some keynote speaking as well. And it was one of those that I I did it once and it scared the hell out of me. Um, I absolutely loved it. It was like, I felt alive up there and I knew that I needed to do that more in my life. And so the, the kind of traveling around with speaking and training, um, being able to fly private would make things significantly better because a lot of times you're on these really tight schedules to try and get in and get out same day, or, you know, I need to wrap this keynote and be to the airport at X time. And like, I've got everything planned to the minute only to get to the airport to realize they didn't alert me that my flight is three hours delayed. And yeah. I could have spent more time with the group that I was with, or I could have 
stopped and gone to the bathroom or gotten some food or something like that. Um, but it would just, it would be phenomenal. And then just have some additional space while you're actually up in the air to be able to do some work and some planning. Um, yeah. So I think from a scheduling perspective and a workspace uh, perspective, it, it just sounds amazing. And not to mention, jets are just freaking cool, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a flex. It's a great flex, just, man. It's just cool. And yeah. so it's, uh, you, that just, it just adds on top of, of everything else. No, and I really appreciate, you know, being in control of your own schedule, right? So you're not on somebody else's schedule. You're in control of your own schedule uh, from when you leave, you know, all the way to, you know, when you're going to arrive. Uh, that's really important, especially for, for business owners like yourself, that your time is, is valuable, that if you're wasting time because you're not in, you know, you're, you're just, you're trying to kill time before your flight or you're rushing and you're missing out on meetings because you're rushing to a flight, being in control of your own schedule is huge. Let me ask you this. How long has private aviation been on your radar? Seriously on your radar? Uh, I mean, it's something I, I started, you know, watching, I, I don't know, probably 10 to 15 years ago. Um, just in mm -hmm. just more of just like a, Hey, that would be awesome. Bucket list. Sure. Kind of thing. You know, saw it on like MTV cribs or something. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's been one of those that is like, how can I, how can I make this work? Uh, you know, I, I read a book by Jesse Itzler a couple of years ago that really just you probably are familiar with his story that he was just like, you know, I wanted to, me and a friend got to ride on a private jet at one point. And so we were like, how do we do this more often? So they, started their private jet leasing company and it was it was mm. NetJets or, or one of them that they ultimately ended up selling to to warren buffett and berkshire hathaway wow. but you know that kind of got me into it as well it was like you know how just do regular people and i you know i'd say quote regular people not not celebrities or multi multi-millionaires how how do you make this work how do you how do you fit it into your life and yeah into, into your budget Tell me some of the things that you're thinking about or questions that you might have when it comes to buying or even just riding in a private jet. Sure. And so some of it too, it's like, where, where do we find that, that break even point? And I know part of it is you have to have a, a strong handle on what your, what the value is of your own personal time. Um, because I think if you just straight do dollars and cents, it's never going to, it's never going to be make fiscal sense to do it that way. But when you start factoring in what is the cost of my time um, and my sanity, frankly, um, you know, where, where, does, where does that roll in? But I guess I'm, I'm trying to look, where, where are most of your clients looking to say, okay, this is kind of my break even point. Um, and whether it be a number of people, because I have heard like, hey, if I was going to fly several family members down, uh, you know, take a, take a six hour trip and I was going to pay for them all to be in first class. It might actually make sense or be just as feasible to, to take a private jet instead. Yeah. So how, yeah, how sure. do you help clients determine what, what does that break even point look like? Yeah. Well, obviously, like you said, knowing the value of your time is extremely important, but also knowing the value of your time and the activity that you're going to do. So if you're going to go, you know, close a, a multi-million dollar deal, 
that's going to net you, you know, a couple hundred grand. Well, then spending 20, 30, 40 grand to travel there and back. I mean, you can make sense of that, you know, pretty, pretty quickly based on the deal that you're trying to do. So if you're playing at that high level, I mean, you can kind of look at it from a deal perspective. But usually what I'll tell people, the first place you want to get started is going to be your, your chartering. So for a single trip, right? And your single trip is going to be anywhere from plan on spending, let's say, 10,000 to, I mean, you could spend a hundred grand uh, on a round trip. We spent, uh, my family and I, to give you an example, you know, it's my wife, myself, and we have five children, oh, wow. 13 and younger. Yeah. So we were planning a family trip last year to go to Gatlinburg. And so we flew from Sarasota, Florida to Gatlinburg. And that was about a $15,000 round trip. And we did it primarily for the for the for the experience not that we could afford that like on a regular basis or anything but we wanted to experience that time together and at the same time that we did that trip my in-laws were coming with us they decided to fly commercial so we were able to wake up get to the airport whenever we wanted drive the car to the plane get it loaded up make sure we use the bathroom head up there it's like an hour and 45 minute flight my kid got to sit in the cockpit you know so he got to fly which is pretty cool we got to relax we got there before lunchtime our rental car was waiting for us we just took the 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 luggage from the plane to the rental car we went we grabbed lunch we had a whole extra day at the cabin not to mention the fact that the airport we flew into was about 20 minutes away from the from the cabin so we got a whole extra day of vacation my wife's family had to leave their house before us because they had an hour plus drive to the airport they had to get there three hours early you know to make sure that everything was in order get through security they had to sit there and wait they had to fly all the way out to to tennessee their airport was over an hour away they had to pick up the rental car yep they had to go pick up their bags wait for that they had to go to the rental car wait for that then they had to drive over an hour away they didn't get home to the cabin till about midnight so they lost an entire day of vacation and then you fast forward to the end of the vacation again we got to leave whenever we wanted to enjoy breakfast we had a 20 minute drive to the airport got in the plane we flew we were able to take my wife's sister and her baby with us because they were feeling a little under the weather and we just didn't want to put them through the nightmare of commercial flying so they came with us that was a lot of fun i got to fly in the cockpit on that one so that was cool and um we got home before dinner. Like we were literally in our house before dinner and we could relax and decompress and roll into, you know, regular, regular life, which, you know, when you're coming in from vacation, like you have to decompress for like a week sometimes because yeah. of how the travel is. It costs $15,000 to charter. We got two extra days of vacation and enjoyed that, that time together. So everybody kind of has to make, you know, the valuation of their time on their own. But to me, that just made a lot of sense for us to have that experience um, of, of chartering an aircraft. And that's kind of where I tell people to start. Charter one or two flights, see what you think about private, private aviation. Stay chartering for about 50 hours a year. Once you're at 50 to 100 hours a year, maybe you look into fractional ownership or some kind of a jet card. Once you get to 100 hours a year, maybe you're thinking about owning 150, 200 hours a year. It's gonna make more sense for you to own the aircraft. And so that's kind of how I kind of lay it out to people. Well, and, and I guess, and I'd, I'd probably look at it. So you're saying that the cost, the Gatlinburg to Sarasota round trip was about 15K to charter the jet. Is that right? Mm -hmm. yep. Uh, yep. I mean, so, I mean, really, and I, 
I'd venture to say that that 15K is actually, you know, more like 12, 12, 5, because if you didn't charter, you're going to have to turn around. You're going to have to buy plane tickets because your in-laws had to buy plane tickets on commercial, right? Yep. And so yep. you talk we about, about you know, five, seven people that you got to have to buy plane tickets for. And then that's not even factoring in first class. That's probably coach. Um, I mean, if you bought them all first class tickets, you're probably looking at the actual true cost to you was under 10K at that point uh, to have yeah. those extra days. Well, that's just it, right? And and you look at it, if you have seven adults that can, you know, split costs, I mean, we're talking seven, I mean, $2,000, you know, a pop for, for, for you and your family to fly, you know, if they can right. all kind of pay for themselves. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. The other thing I tell people, like, when you're looking to charter, it's, you're not, the only options you have available are not just the Gulfstream heavy jets that are, you know, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to charter per hour. But you can also charter smaller jets or even turboprops that can fit six, seven, eight people in the back. And if you're only going an hour, I mean, you can save yourself. It could be under $10,000 if you're going, for example, I had someone flying from uh, St. Petersburg, Florida down to Key West. You know, that was about an hour trip. You know, that was, I think, round trip, maybe five grand for them. Right. You know, so that, I mean, that could be an option instead of having to drive almost six hours to Key West. Now you have an opportunity to, to fly. Again, you're gaining a whole day or two of vacation um, by, by being able to fly private. So, I mean, that, the other option is also looking at you could fly pistons or turboprops or multi-engine aircraft that's a little bit cheaper and still get the private aviation experience. And one of the interesting things that we found, you know, you can probably relate to it in terms of real estate is, you know, individuals that might have a tax bill coming due and they're using the, uh, the purchase of the asset for depreciation purposes because you can do accelerated depreciation at 80% of the value of the aircraft. So if you're going to do that, um, then you've got that tax play and then you can turn it over to a charter company that can rent out the jet. So while you're not using it, it's still flying and generating uh, income. So that's become more and more uh, popular uh, on, on, on my end from people looking to buy a jet, but wanting to, now I'm not saying it's gonna turn like a huge profit or anything, but it can offset the cost for what you're trying to do with what your needs are. So it's almost like, uh, like you buy a vacation home and then you Airbnb it when you're not using it. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's actually what my most recent guide uh, has been, is been kind of mapping that out for people because, I mean, there's still a lot of pitfalls and uh, when it comes to trying to, to make that play work, it's not as straightforward or there's not as much information out there as there is in real estate, uh, which is one of the things I'm trying to do with the podcast. But, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, really important when I'm working with people that they have someone that they know, like, and trust kind of similar in real estate to help guide them through the process because it can become very overwhelming very quickly. So do you find that you, you have clients that are, it's almost like they're, they're using the jet as, as an investment, um, similar to a vacation home that they can rent it out to offset, you know, 90 to potentially a hundred percent of the cost. And not use it as a money maker, but it can at least offset the cost enough to win where they can just use it and essentially have it usable at, at no cost, no additional out of pocket to them. For sure. And so I, you know, normally would tell people if you're chartering less, you know, if you're flying less than 50 hours, you should go and just go to a charter company and, and, and do it. You don't have all the overhead. Well, if you have the stomach for it 
and you're only doing 50 to 100 hours a year, you can partner with that charter company and you know put, buy a plane. So you're going to have a two to six million dollar you know capital outlay to find a jet that's you know a good a good you know obviously with a vacation home it's not like you're going to buy one you know in the middle of nowhere and then like yeah i'm going to cash flow you got to get the right you know asset itself so you know looking two to six million dollars for that asset and then partner with the, the right charter company with the right model and the in the right market with the right expertise and the right maintenance etc cetera, etc cetera, yeah, those charter companies can help you offset your your maintenance costs and your fixed costs that you're using the airplane for those limited amount of hours that you are. Interesting question that I that I do have is now do you introduce people so let's just say that somebody wanted to come in and invest that way, buy this jet and then kind of off, offset offset the costs and and release it out. Um, do you have people that you hook them up with for financing pieces or is this a if you have to ask about financing you can't afford the jet you just need to be able to to write that check on the on the front side the the two to six mil that you're talking about you know it's funny um what you just said is what i've heard uh from brokers on kind of a consistent basis and i just never liked it you know sometimes you find brokers that are just very dismissive like, oh, if you have to ask that question, then you can't afford it. You shouldn't be in here. And unfortunately, that's more- Because I've had that question asked to, asked to me before. And so that, that's why I bring it up. Yeah. And I just don't I just don't find that to be helpful. Like if I say that to someone or if someone says that to me, I'm like, well, maybe I'm just starting. Like, or maybe like you don't you don't know. And you're like throwing that, you're throwing some shade at me. And, and I try to, you know. So to answer your question, though, it's a multifaceted process. Um, there are there are reasons to finance the purchase of a jet, not because you can't afford it, right? I mean, look at the loans, the the interest rates that we had in years past. I mean, it would be silly for someone to tie up cash on an acquisition of a jet for two million. Why would you tie up two million dollars in a depreciating asset when you can tie up the bank's money at zero to one to two to three percent interest? Take that cash, put it in a in a vehicle that you know. And make eight, nine, ten, twelve, twenty percent on your investment. So, and that that's always been my my reply to those people because I've had people say that to me where they're like, I've talked to them about potential investments and they're like, well, if you have to ask about financing, you can't afford it. It's like, well, what if I can finance this at five and I have an investment that I can turn around and put it into at ten? Um, doesn't matter how much money I have. Dollars make sense, right? So yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so it's a multifaceted process, which is why I love working with people in that position, like as their guide, you know, I'm kind of the master of all the chaos because we got to find the right operator. We got to find a banker that's going to loan on a specific, you know, category of jet that's going to be used for charter because not all banks will will loan on a, uh, a 135 or a charter plane. If you're going to put it in there, a bank will tell you no, you know? And so we got to find the right lender. We got to find the right operator. We're also going to play in the insurance world, you know, making sure that that's all squared away. So there's a lot of things that kind of happen together in concert at the same time that I would never expect, you know, an end user, a multimillionaire to, you know, be spending all his time and organizing all that. Like, I just want to be, at, at his or her service, kind of similar to, I imagine, how you guys treat real estate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Well, tell people where they can find out, you know, what you're up to, especially, you know, what is, 
you know, especially people that are listening that are into into sales and real estate, I really think uh, that Luke's services can be of assistance. So where can people find out more information? Sure. Um, so my website, Luke, uh, LukeAndrews.us, or you can always shoot me an email, Luke at LukeAndrews.us. Um, I do answer all my own emails. I don't have a VA doing that. Um, so if anybody has, has questions about investing, real estate, sales and negotiation, whatever, or come find me on LinkedIn, um, you know, Luke Andrews on there, or it's, I think it's linkedin.com slash sales and negotiation coach. They can, they can check that out. So very cool. Well, Luke, thank you so much for, for being a part of the podcast. We greatly appreciate it.